Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, so great to be with you today. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to continuing our series called The Gospel Today. And we're in week four. And our key verse of the series has been 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Paul explains the gospel as this. He says, For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. The gospel literally means good news. I want to tell you today, there's some good news that God has for your life. Jesus came, died for your sins, buried, and He rose again. It's exciting news. That's the gospel message. Well, week one, we looked at the bad news. We're sinners, and we deserve God's punishment. And so that was week two. Uh, Week one. Week two, there was some good news. Jesus came, fully God, fully man, and He lived a sinless life, and He died for our Sins. He paid the price. That was great news. Last week, week three, we looked at the resurrection. The good news continued. We looked at all that Christ, that Jesus accomplished through the resurrection. It is good news for you. It is good news for me. And uh, if you missed those messages, I want to encourage you, jump online, go to our social media, go to our podcast, our YouTube channel. You can watch or listen to those messages there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, anoint our time together today. Bless this time, Lord. I pray that we would hear from your word, that we would be convicted, challenged, inspired, encouraged, God. I thank you for all that you are doing in our city, in our church, and in our families and lives. And we give you honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, come on, everyone said, Amen. I noticed recently within the last 12 months, maybe 18 months, that my vision has been failing. It's not been too great. And I think I shared this recently that I went to my optometrist and had an appointment. They're like, look, there's not a whole lot more we can do for you for glasses. You need to get an operation or you need to get some contact lenses, some hard contact lenses. And so in the last week, I finally went along to this contact lens specialist and got these special contact lenses. Now, obviously you can see I'm not wearing them at the moment and that's because I'm just still kind of getting used to them, still a bit irritating my eyes. and I'm still getting used to my face without my glasses and so I'm not wearing them today. But when I do wear them, it's amazing. Like my vision is so much better. Like everything has changed for the good. You know, I can read my mobile phone now, like I can read it all the way out here, whereas normally I have to read it nice and close here. When I drive my car, I can read the street signs properly. When I'm at the fast food places like McDonald's or Hungry Jack's, you know, they've got the menus, the computerized menus. I can actually read them now. Like, you usually have to ask my kids or my wife Gabby, what, what does it say? What's the price of that? So it's so good, you know, it's changed things for the better. Another thing as well, I can, I've noticed that I can see every spot, every wrinkle, every blemish on myself. You thought I was going to say my wife yet? Yeah. No, 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 no. 
I've been married too long to make that kind of mistake. She is perfect, beautiful, spotless, blemishless, wrinkle-free. She's beautiful. And so let me just get that straight today. But it's been a life-changing moment. I can see again. Like, like I can't emphasize. If, you, if you've got perfect vision, you want to know what it's like to be able to see again. I wonder if you've ever had a moment like that where in an instance, in a short period of time, in a moment, something has changed. I think recently with COVID-19, we experienced something like that. Overnight, life just changed dramatically. In a moment, life changed. And that's kind of like a negative thing. But I'm talking more about something positive, something good that has happened in your life. Not a gradual thing, but something that just happened in a moment. I'm sure we have things like that we could share. Well, the gospel is one of those things. It is one of those moments. It starts out really at the beginning of time because God knew that he would have to send himself through his son Jesus one day for the sins of the world. But, but it, it climaxes about 2,000 years ago when Jesus went to the cross. When he died, when he was resurrected, the gospel story was in that time. It was good news. It was a change for good. But I'm here to tell you today, the good news didn't just happen and then finish 2,000 years ago. It wasn't just in one moment of time and that was it. See, when you accept the gospel message, Jesus died for your sins, was buried and he rose again. When you accept that message then you give, and you give your life to Jesus, there is another amazing change that happens. Have a look at this, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the Spirit. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's Paul saying here? What's, what's he saying as he's writing this letter to the church in Galatia? Paul is saying that when Jesus comes, when you give your life to you, Jesus comes and he, he lives inside of you. He comes into the very heart of you, into your spirit, into your soul. Jesus comes and lives inside of you. The Word lives in us. God Himself imparts part of Him into us. He lives in us. And I feel like Oftentimes as Christians, as mature Christians, we can so be so blasé about the fact that the God of the universe who created all things, knows all things, sees all things, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, He lives inside of you and I today. God is living inside of you. Someone needs to know that. God is living inside of you if you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. And in that moment, when we give our lives to Jesus, He comes to live inside of us. And there is a transformation that begins to occur in our lives, that, starts to undertake, that God starts to undertake in our lives, this transformation. See, God isn't about becoming a component of your life. He wants to radically change your life from the inside out, change you radically from the inside to the outside, God doesn't want to just leave us as we are. He wants to make us something brand new. This is what Paul says to Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? He is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What does the Bible say that we are? We are new creations. Today, I want us to want to take a short amount of time just to talk about this new creation life that we have, that we live in, and this, this helper that God has given us to enable us to live the new creation life. See, when we gave our lives to Jesus, we, when we invited Him into our lives, we became new creations. And the Bible literally means, when it says it's new creation, it literally means a new being, a new species, a new, yeah, yeah, like a new species of humanity. Now, you're not, you know, figuratively speaking, but a new species, a new being, a new person, a new creation. We are not who we used to be. We are not what we used to be. We are not led by what we used to be led. We, we don't desire what we used to desire because we are new creations in Christ. Turn to someone next to you today and say, you're a new creation in Christ. Turn to the other person and say, you're a new creation in Jesus. If, if you're by yourself, send a text message. Send a text message to me or to your friend. You're a new creation in Jesus. There is a new self that we have become. Colossians 3.10 And we have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So what does the new creation, the new being, the new self look like? It looks like after the image of its creator. After the image of our creator, God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. See, we start to look like our creator, like God. Like Jesus, we now think like Jesus. We now speak like Jesus. We now see like Jesus. We now act and do like Jesus. And let me just take a moment to pause here, just for a quick moment. And let me ask you this question. How does your new creation being look, or, or, or how does your new creation life align with what I just said? Let me ask you this question. Are you thinking like Jesus in your day-to-day -day life? Are you seeing the world around you and the people that you know like Jesus sees them? Are you speaking like Jesus spoke, words of life and authority around you? Are you acting and living a life like Jesus did? It's great questions, great challenge for my own life today to live, act, do, see, speak like Jesus lived because I'm a new creation in the image of who? Not in the image of Bronson, not in the image of my parents or in the image of some politician or a government or a celebrity. I'm made in the image and I'm a new creation in the image of God. And let me tell you something today, whether, whether this is a, a true statement for your life today or whether you're still a work in progress to be this new creation person. And let me just give you a, a, little, a little hint today. We're all a work in progress. None of us has made it. So we're all work in progress to be this new creation, being that God has created us to be. Let me tell you, in Christ, you are. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Your old past habits, thoughts, desires, sin, it is gone in Jesus' name. You're a new creation. There's something to celebrate and I think we should take a moment right now just to give God some praise. Come on, right now, where you are, give God some praise. You're sitting in the lounge room at home. Give God some praise. Maybe you're watching this in the office or in your car, you're listening to it on the podcast. Let's give God some praise. God, I praise you today 
that I'm a new creation person. Lord Jesus, a work in progress, yes, but I'm aligning my life with you, Lord Jesus. But let's just be a little real for a moment. I, I want to be honest with you and transparent today. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult living the new creation life. Who, who's discovered that today? Come on, put your hand up where you are. Who's discovered that today? It can be a little bit difficult living this new creation life, especially when I'm trying to live it in my own strength. When I'm trying to use my own strength to accomplish this, it can be difficult. Jesus knew this. God the Father, He knew this as well. And that's why He sent someone to help us. John 14, 16, and this is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So we're new creation beings, new species. Jesus knew that we needed someone to help us, to empower us, to encourage us, to convict us, to challenge us, to be around us forever. So who is this advocate that he sends? This advocate is God in the Holy Spirit. Remember that God is three persons, one, one being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three separate persons, but they're one being, one God. And so God sends himself in the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the books of the Bible, we call the Gospels. The Gospels are those books that talk about the life death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. At the end of those books we call the gospel, Jesus leaves. He ascends and returns to heaven to be at the rightful right hand of God. But He doesn't leave us here by ourselves just with some teachings and just with a book. And not that it's just a book. It's powerful. It's the Word of God. It's the inspiration of God. It's so many promises and, and, and commandments and life-giving words in the Bible. But he doesn't just leave us that. He leaves something else. He sends someone to take his place. Someone who could be with every believer through every moment of their time. Through all of time, he sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Every believer has met and received the Holy Spirit. See, at the moment of your salvation, that's the term we use when you invite Jesus into your life, when you give your life to Jesus, we call that salvation moment. At that moment, when you did that, when you prayed that prayer, it was the Holy Spirit who was working in your heart. At that time, when you were sitting there saying, should I make this decision? The Holy Spirit was speaking to you. He was talking to your life. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. See, when we received Jesus, the Holy Spirit was talking to us, encouraging us, saying, you need Jesus. You need to accept Him, invite Him into your life, give your life to Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit. And you were also indwelled with the Holy Spirit at the moment you took that next step and gave your life to Jesus. Look at this, Ephesians 1, 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in Him with a seal. What was that seal? The promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so important for us to live our new creation life. I can't emphasize this enough. The Holy Spirit's importance in our lives to live that new creation life. I've known people who have 
been Christians for many, many years. Many years. And yet when I look at their life, I don't see any evidence of life change. I can't see the new creation life. They're still thinking, acting, doing the same things before they gave their life to Jesus. The only difference is that now they go to church every Sunday. And every time I look at people like this, you know what I see? I see a life that has not given itself to be led by the Spirit to be led by the Holy Spirit, to listen to His promptings, to be convicted, to allow Him to be their peace and their comfort, their counsel, their guidance, their power to overcome, to be the new creation life. So you won't experience God's new creation life without being led by the Holy Spirit. So today, let me just talk about some of the roles of the Holy Spirit in our new creation life. Number one, the Holy Spirit counsels us. The Holy Spirit counsels us. John 16, 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. So many situations that I'm in and that you're in too, I need the Holy Spirit's counsel. I need His direction. I need His guidance. I need His discernment. I need His wisdom in my life. I need His wisdom on how I'm going to raise my children. I need His discernment when someone comes to me for advice as a friend or a pastor. I need His direction on where I should be leading my family and this wonderful church, Elevation Church, Melbourne West, where I should be leading this fantastic community of people and the church. And rather than relying on my own wisdom, which I've done in the past, that's led me to places of regret and sorrow. Rather than relying on my own wisdom, or turning to other people, or looking to culture. Instead, I need to rely on the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to lead me. And i got a question for you today. Who better to turn to than the Holy Spirit and His counseling? Who better to turn to than God? And if that's, if that's you today, you know you're in a position where you need wisdom and guidance, I want to encourage you, turn to the Holy Spirit today. You have someone who can help you. You have someone that was there for you in every important moment and decision of life. The Holy Spirit is there to counsel you. Number two, the Holy Spirit comforts us. John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father and He will give you another, what? Comforter that He may abide with you forever. The comforter is another word that we use for the Holy Spirit. And that's what He does. He comforts us. He comes around us. He brings His peace. He, when we're hurting, when we're, when we're disappointed, when we're feeling down, when we're in pain, when we're, when we're lonely, the Holy Spirit comes to bring comfort. If that's you today, you find yourself in that place, I want to encourage you. Call out to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need your comfort around my life today. I need your peace I need you to come and fill that void. I need your power to, Lord Jesus, to loose me from these thoughts. Holy Spirit, come and comfort me today. That's the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. His Spirit, His presence around your life can bring peace beyond all human understanding. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit convicts us. And this is the one that can have the greatest impact in our lives, but it's also the one that we most shy away from when we don't want the Holy Spirit to come into our lives to do this. Three, the Holy Spirit convicts us. John 16, 3, 
when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Right now, there may be some people here and you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit even as I talk right now. As I said, those words, sin and righteousness and judgment. And he, he's talking to you about aspects of your life. It might be your thoughts or some, something that you're doing or words that you're speaking or, or your beliefs or actions. I, I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit today, He does. And so do you. And He's saying to you, hey, yeah, I've come here to convict you, but conviction is not bad. Conviction is good. Conviction wants to take you from this place, lift you out of that situation, elevate and bring you up here. It's not condemnation the Holy Spirit brings. Condemnation comes from the, our enemy, the devil. He wants to condemn you from this place here and pull you down to more darkness, to more sin and more sorrow for yourself. That's not what the Holy Spirit of God wants. Conviction elevates, condemnation pulls down. So today the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Come on, let me empower you. Let me come around your life. Let me, let me be who I want to be in your life to have victory over this area. Maybe you're another type of person today and you're listening and you don't really consider yourself a church person or a Bible-believing person, but right now you're being drawn to God. Someone invited you. You saw the link on social media. You're here today and you're feeling this pull. Something is drawing you. Something is speaking to you. The words that I've spoken, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now. And, and here's what you need to know. God the Father, He loves you so much that He sent Jesus, the Son, to die for your sins. And Jesus did that, lived a sinless life, died for you and me and everyone else. And he died and was buried, but three days later he rose again. In, he rose again through the power of the Holy Spirit. And now you have been called to live a new creation life. You've been called into relationship with God through Jesus. And if that's you today, and he's speaking to you, and you can feel his Holy Spirit right now. You probably don't know it's the Holy Spirit, but you feel something speaking to your heart. I'm going to give you a, a chance in a moment, an opportunity in a moment to invite Jesus into your life very shortly. As we come to a close and, uh, you know, the gospel didn't end 2,000 years ago. Don't be fooled into thinking the gospel was some event that happened 2,000 years ago and that's it. Moment of time, done. It's finished. It's over. No, the gospel continues today through God's Holy Spirit, power in our lives. Acts 1.8 But you will receive what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You need, we need, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to live my new creation life. Yes, we've been called, we've been made, we are new creations, but to live in it fully and to experience all the new creation life, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, not willpower, not self-control, not time away at some farm to find ourselves, not some guru or motivational conference or seminar or anything like this. We just simply need to yield our lives to the Holy Spirit, to be Spirit-led by Him, to be led by Him. When we lead, yield our lives 
to the Holy Spirit, we receive His power to live our lives the way that God has called us, to be new creations, to truly be new beings and new species. Today, as I finish, I want to let you know you're a new creation. Not because I say it, but because God has says it, because Jesus said it, because it's in the Bible. You're a new creation. You're not becoming, you're not hoping, you are. You are a new creation and maybe the fullness of that has not manifested in your life today, but you are a new creation. You are a new creation today. And allow the Holy Spirit to bring His new creation life out of you. He wants to change you from the inside out. And as He changes you on the inside, that new creation life will start to manifest in your outward life, in your day-to-day life, in, in your life around your family and your spouse and your workplace and in your friends and people around you that little work its way out the power of the holy spirit the new creation it's like we undergo this transformation from a from a worm from a caterpillar to a butterfly but it's the holy spirit that does that work while we're inside that cocoon the holy spirit is doing that and we're going to change and be new creations as we live and are guided by the holy spirit in our lives. Let's pray today. Lord God, I thank you.